Hello and welcome to TrackCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. Today we are kicking off round two. That's right, round two of our Legends of Commercial Real Estate series. As Bill Cauley of Cauley Partners sits down with Craig Hall, the founder and chairman of Hall Group. This is a fantastic interview for all you entrepreneurs out there. Craig is a lifelong entrepreneur. It's truly in his blood. And if you've seen the Hall name on anything in the Metroplex, and believe me, you have, there's a good chance that Craig and his wife, Catherine, are behind it. Craig formed Hall Group in 1968 at 18 years old with $4,000 that he had been saving since he was 10. Today, the company has interests in commercial real estate ownership, development and management, structured financial lending, winemaking, Yes, winemaking with Hall Wines and early stage investments and startups. Craig is also incredibly supportive of up-and-coming entrepreneurs. He and Catherine funded the Fulbright Catherine and Craig Hall Distinguished Chair for Entrepreneurship to teach entrepreneurship in Eastern Europe. He founded the Dallas Regional Office of the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. He's written seven books, and he's served on the Board of Trustees of the American University in Bulgaria, the American-Austrian Fulbright Board, and the board of the prestigious Horatio Alger Association for Distinguished Americans, which named him a lifetime member in 2007. Craig has also been inducted into the North Texas Commercial Real Estate Hall of Fame, the Entrepreneurs Foundation of North Texas's Ring of Honor, and the Junior Achievement of Dallas Business Hall of Fame. He's also a two-time Real Estate Executive of the Year. Before we begin, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to TrackCast on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for the latest from around the Real Estate Council. You can also watch Bill and Craig's interview over on our YouTube channel if that's more your speed. We've linked to all of our pages and handles in the show notes, as well as the first season of our Legends of Commercial Real Estate series. So go check that out once you've finished listening to this episode. We'd like to thank the Dallas Business Journal for sponsoring our Legends of Commercial Real Estate series. Visit the Dallas Business Journal online at bizjournals.com backslash Dallas for the latest breaking business news and exclusive reporting on the hottest topics fueling North Texas's growth. Subscribe to their email products, including local business news updates in the mornings and afternoons, and dozens of popular topics from their vast national network of business journals publications. And for more interviews with DFW business leaders and personalities, subscribe to their weekly Texas Business Minds podcast, available wherever you download podcasts. Now, here's Bill Cauley and Craig Hall in conversation right here on TrackCast. Craig, I want to thank you for doing this. You know, um, we've been kind of doing a series of people that are influential in in Dallas, and uh, I know you're busy. And uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time. My, my pleasure. You know, um, I have been in Dallas about the same amount of time as you. And I've watched you. I've probably spent more time with you in the last three months than I have this whole yeah. time. But I've always watched you and admired what, how you operated. Because I've seen you in times of stress. And I've seen you when you flourish and you're pretty solid the whole way. And, and I think you learn a lot about a person when they're under fire, but I've always just kind of admired the way you do things. So 
I know you're from the Midwest, Michigan. Why, why Dallas? How did you end up in Dallas? Well, at the time um, that we moved, we were a national company. I, I started uh, the company um, uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, when I, many, many years ago when I was uh, 18. Uh, but by the time I was in my early 30s, we had, uh, uh, at the high point, we had about 72,000 apartments. And we were, today that's not as big as it was then. Uh, we were just under being the largest company uh, apartment ownership yeah. in, in the world. We were, La, Samuel LaFrac out in New York had a, a, a few thousand more, uh, but pretty close. Uh, anyway, we were all over the country, and so um, I, and we had an office here in Dallas. Uh, we had regional offices in Newport Beach, California, Atlanta, Phoenix, Houston, Dallas. Um, and so I was going to take one of the regional offices and move our headquarters there. From, from um, Detroit, it was two flights to a lot of places. Right. And so it just didn't make sense. And, and frankly, um, growing up in Michigan, as much as I love my uh, home state, uh, it was an auto state. If you weren't in the automobile business, you weren't really, uh, you know, part of the real business community. Right. So, you know, real estate is sort of a, a lifeblood for uh, Dallas and has been since I've uh, been been here. Old. Did, did you see, did you, like when, so it was more a geographic decision. Did you see or think that Dallas was going to do what it's done? I mean, did oh, you well, see it that, that early? No, I, well, it was, it was not a, it was partially a good growth location, but, you know, I thought of uh, other, Atlanta certainly is a possibility, uh, but which has also grown. Yeah. Uh, but it was really the thing that attracted me to Dallas was the entrepreneurial spirit. And, and it's uh, never disappointed and, right. and doesn't today. It's just, it's a great place for people who have a desire to do something and stand on their own. And it's a place that, um, in my case, uh, awards second chances. I, I went right. through a horrible downturn and, and people, uh, you know, uh, judge you based on your integrity and based on what you do, not... Uh, we were born to and uh, that yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's, I, I love Dallas. I found the same. Like I came from the Midwest. I'm from Illinois. And I came here knowing no one. And um, I think if you add value or and yeah. if you have some integrity, the door's wide open. There's yep. no cliquish type community. No. I just think it's a special place. And it's a big city, but yet it's small. I oh, think everybody great. knows everybody. I yep. think you can penetrate it. And I still think today people can come here, maybe not as easily as when we came, but if you add value, I think the door's wide open. Yeah, and I, you know, from a real estate standpoint, it's a mixed um, uh, blessing and curse all at once. We have always had and still do, although the names are changing because, uh, uh, you know, over, I guess I've been here it's 40 years or something, right. it's, you know, time goes by, but... but uh, over 40 years, uh, some people unfortunately are no no longer with us. But there's still this is a hugely talented city, so talented. and and so uh, the bad news is when whenever you need uh, one of something, three of us uh, build the one, and, <laughs> and and we have a lot of vacancy, and so right. you know, and there's always land, and so right. you know, it's 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 not the easiest real estate market. It's it's, not. it's a tough real estate market, 
but it's fun. It's a great, it's a, just yeah. a great place to be. And I think most of the people in the business are pretty solid. You know I mean? Oh, uh, terrific. You have a few outliers, but like I was uh, actually competing with a landowner today to do a joint venture. And they started listing all the people they've talked to. And it's just a sea of really quality names. It is, yeah. It's a difficult. Uh, I hope you got the deal. Though. Well, I, we'll <laughs> find out. We'll see. So um, I am blessed to be very happily married. I am so overmarried. I uh, I had a practice marriage early in my life, <laughs> and then I met Keely uh, when I was in my mid forties, yeah. and she's just the best person I know. I learn from her every day. Um, my my life is so much better, and I know it's a life of compromise, and we're not <laughs> yeah. used to compromising, but it's worth it. It just so is. So. I, you know, I read your, your, your book on, on your wine business, and I'm going to ask you some questions, but I, I read about Catherine and I, I know of her by reputation when she ran for the Dallas mayor, et cetera. Right. And I would love for you to tell that story about how you met and just, it seems to me like you guys are partners in love, but also partners in life. I mean, you guys are a really yeah. good connection. That's very, uh, Nicely said, and I and, and I and I think uh, represents our relationship yeah. well. Uh, no, uh, uh, she did go by Catherine, but I call her Kathy. Kathy uh, um, uh, and I met through uh, uh, Governor then Governor Ann Richards, and uh, when uh, Kathy was running for mayor, she came to see me. I had met her briefly, Ann and others who knew we were both. Uh, single at the time, um, thought we would uh, be a good match, and um, and at one point Kathy came to see me when she was running for mayor, and we went out to lunch, and kind of then later I asked I asked her out, but I, I couldn't ask her out until I ended another relationship because that just didn't seem right, good for and you. and uh, yeah, well, it was kind of a risk because you. Who knows <laughs> whether she would have said yes or no. Right. But anyway, fortunately, she said yes, and the rest is history. Uh, but, um, you know, we, um, uh, it, it, it does enrich life to have a great partner. Well, like, um, having been in a bad marriage for me, like having that security of a solid relationship, you know, going through life, ups and downs. I, I, Keely and I, I know we're, we're together forever. I know we are. And... It's a different perspective on life, I think, when you've got what appears to be that you guys have. Because yeah. I think you followed her passion for wine, uh, from what I've read. And you definitely, know, definitely true. I, I I I hardly drank wine before I met right. Kathy, and uh, right. you know, today uh, I've learned a little bit about it and enjoy it a lot. Which I think is so cool because yeah. of her passion. It pulled you into the business, and then. Sure. I don't, and everything I, you know, I kind of think is cool about you is you don't do, you don't half step anything. If you're going to get in, you're all in, which is a, a you know, a, a credit to you. But, well, at times it can be a detriment. I, you know, in the, in the wine business, <laughs> I've jumped in, the, you know, all Kathy wanted was a, a small uh, wine business and I just didn't know how it's to do that. <laughs> no, right. no. But so, but, might have been but, smarter though. But, well, I, maybe. Financially, certainly. That's, yeah. But you're in the, like you said, in your in your book, you know, you're in the business of taking risk. You're in the risk business. I and that's kind of what I feel. I mean, and everybody's got a different tolerance for risk. And um, I'm not at your level of what you've accomplished, but I kind of feel like we've got similar risk. I'm sure we do. Risk 
yeah. you know, like the gut, where in your gut, where you're comfortable yeah. with risk. I tend to be more, I mean, I, I, I really respect it, but I tend to be more comfortable with risk if I have passion for it. And I think it's the right thing. I'm all in. Absolutely. And, and, and you're, you know, the word passion is a great word because entrepreneurship in my view should be about passion. And, you know, if I were a young person, uh, I'd want to be doing things I'm passionate about, right. things that I enjoy. Right. You know, life's too short to uh, be in it for the money per se. I mean, money's a nice byproduct, I, yeah. you know, but it's a byproduct. I don't think it works, right, if you're chasing money. you got to chase something no. you really care about. Absolutely. So, like, if you've got a young person, and I'm sure you have a lot of them coming to you, you know, any sage words of advice or maybe one or two things you, well, you always tell them? Well, I mean, because well, I always I have these people coming in, and they're fresh out of college and they're looking for work. And I always try to give them honest feedback. Sure. And, um, you know, I think people want to know, so, you know, how the hell did you do what you did? But, but what advice would you give them? And then the other question I would have is, how did you go from no money to having, to creating enough capital to, to, to invest? Well, there's a lot of, a lot of questions. That's a big question. <laughs> and, and, but uh, but it's, uh, it's what people want to know. I mean, they yeah. kind of want to understand because somebody's sitting out there going to listen to this and go, can I ever be Craig Hall? Yeah. You know? well, well, and they it, can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, uh, first of all, I, I started with money I saved. Uh, my, I, I did not grow up with uh, any money. Uh, uh, not, I, I'd say lower middle class family, not, yeah. not poor, but. Um, um, my parents both came back from World War II and started a life, um, but they didn't have any any backing to it financially. Um, so uh, when I when I um, I'd saved from age uh, eight to age seventeen four thousand dollars, and I used that to to buy a rooming house, um, and that's a whole different story as to why I did it. But from the rooming house. Uh, I was surprised. I, I did it for a specific reason, which related to proving a, that you could be a, an honest, good guy landlord. And uh, there were a lot of fights between student tenants at the University right. of Michigan and landlords. And uh, I had run for mayor for a day of Ann Arbor, and I was it was a political statement yeah. to buy this place. But after I bought it, I thought this is fun. And and by the way. Everything went wrong, but without getting into, you know, too many rabbit trails and so on, I, you know, nothing worked the way right. it was planned. And, uh, you know, I got in my first lawsuit in my first building, you know, the <laughs> seller told me something wasn't uh, a lease that turned out to be a lease and it was a, at a really low rate. So anyway, it was a learning experience. And you would think from all the things that went wrong and financially it was a disaster, you would think, well, That'd be the end of that. And I had no interest or intent of being in business. That was never on my radar. I didn't, right. I thought business seemed like a, you know, crude, dirty thing to do. I just wanted to, you know, be a social worker, literally. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, you know, trying to become a social worker, about to start uh, college. And uh, there, there was a television show called East Side, West Side, George C. Scott. And, and he was a social worker. That was my, right. that was what I wanted to do. And, um, but, but I just loved 
all the the, the complications and all the headaches and everything that went wrong. Yeah. And so then I wanted to buy a second building. And um, I looked around and I realized I had no money. I mean, it didn't take long. I mean, I was losing money on the building <laughs> and I put my entire life savings in it. So it was pretty obvious. And, you know, and I'm working a full-time job and, and a full-time student in college. So I got this rooming house and a full-time job to pay for my losses in the rooming house and, and then going to college. And um, so then I went to students at the University of Michigan and I said, hey, give me $200 and I'll make you a partner in this deal. And you know, I figured it out on a little piece of paper. And I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, uh, but it was a limited partnership. And I said, I'll be in charge. You guys just give me your money. And I raised uh, um, $3,500. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how I did from my first deal. college kids. Yeah, all from college kids. And that was my first deal. And did that and, one work? Yeah, you know, reasonably. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I went on to buy about 30 or 35 buildings over two or three years. And did you and, and, do it all the same way, raising all, money? All, all the same way, yeah. And then I, and then I, uh, I was at an event a uh, weekend ago in, uh, in, in uh, Napa, and a guy came up to me uh, who has been a friend for years, and, um, and there was a third party there, and he started telling this other person how he first met me, and that was in 1971. And that was when I bought my first, what I called real people housing. It was a pretty big place. It was like 25 units or something. Yeah. It was tiny, yeah. but, 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 but it, was big no, it, it was not student housing. It was real people housing. Yeah. And this guy helped me raise the money. And then we both got a call from the securities uh, uh, bureau in Michigan saying, wait a minute, we hear that you're illegally raising money under securities. And I didn't even know what a security was. Of course. And, and I had done probably 50 or 60 of these partnerships before that one. And um, so both of us had to get lawyers and go meet with the securities people. And this wouldn't happen today. Today, they just throw you in jail and, you know, whatever. And he said, you know, you've been doing this wrong. And they explained to us, I became kind of a model citizen after that. We, we, we learned how to do it right. We hired real lawyers. We uh, kind of uh, did everything right. And then I was actually on a, the securities board that they had in Michigan, and I was very actively involved. And, but this guy, uh, who was the um, uh, regulator, uh, his name was Hugh Makins, just a classy, good human being. He, mm -hmm. he did the right thing by you know, helping us get on the straight and narrow rather than, right. you know. Instead of causing a yeah. bunch of a big mess, yeah. right? But so, yeah, so, yeah, we, I went on to raise, I raised over a billion dollars uh, before I was 32, 33 years old. Uh, and that was when money was really a lot, you know, today with inflation, that's a, I mean, it would be a lot more money. Uh, so even from when you were like younger, were you always driven like that? I mean, did you always try to make money and save it and... I guess I guess I yeah. I guess I'd say I'm most guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I would yeah. say like for me, yeah. my kids, yeah. I kind of want passion about something and grit, right? Yeah. Because I think drive. It's it's hard. It's if hard. you want it, it's hard for. I, I, well, you got a better shot at it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. Um, it's hard for kids who live the way we live to have quite the same grit that I right had and that you I probably had, had. Totally agree. Yeah. I I think. Life is uh, maybe I shouldn't say too easy, but softer. It's today, totally right? totally different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so wine business. So I'm reading the book about you going to lunch and going by the the broken down winery that was sitting there. And I think it was Edgewood Estate Winery. Is that right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So one of my favorite things, I think, with people is they see opportunity, they think about it, and then they don't do it. They don't act on it. Yeah. And so what I like about that story is that you're going to lunch and you see it and you have your lunch and you go do something about it. Could you give us a quick one on, on that? Sure. It's kind of like getting into the wine business. In a yeah. Way. Well, we had a, a small winery um, uh, in a different location, four miles from, from what is now our St. Helena winery that you're talking about. And literally the traffic was real slow. And so I'm looking off to the left and, and, my whole business to that point uh, had been about turnarounds. It had been about buying distressed assets sure. and improving them, which yeah. is a great uh, business model that has worked for many years in the past and will continue to work for many years in the future. still does today. So that's I just saw this, and it kind of flashed in my head. I, I, it was, I had a similar experience um, much earlier in my career, um, but you know, so that was a big step in our wine business because it was a. a at one point, this property um, after Prohibition was the largest winery in Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. They made forty percent of all the wine in Napa, and when we bought it, it was uh, licensed to make a million one hundred thousand cases, and it was just a mess of a facility. But today, it's uh, it's beautiful. We're very proud of it. And does the license go with the facility? Yeah. When you oh, buy yeah. It? Oh yeah, got it. All so the, you got that license. Yeah, actually, the fir- first that was built in 1885. So the first entitlements go back that far, and um, so it makes it pretty unique. It How was long it had been sitting there unused? Well, it was it was open, but but okay, kind of in bad shape and really run down. Was it for sale? Uh, interestingly, it wasn't for sale, um, and uh, so first thing I did is I figured out who who owned it, right? And it was owned by a public company. So then my <laughs> My perverse uh, thinking was that I would, uh, I went and checked out who owned stock, and uh, yeah. I thought, oh, okay, I'll buy a bunch of stock, and then I'll, uh, you know, uh, have some go have a go have a discussion with them. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, it, it it turns out I'm in a meeting uh, with a investment banker slash real estate broker in uh, in uh, Napa uh, about two or three weeks later. Not that much uh, time, and I'm. He brings up that property. He says, hey, I just I got a listing on a really crummy property. I don't know who I'm going to get to buy this property. And he tells me about it. I said, okay, I'll buy, I'll oh, buy I'm it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And then, you know, it took like no time at all to agree on a price. And uh, Okay, so that was, that was your first purchase, right, for wine? No, it was our biggest. Uh, we, biggest. Yeah, we okay. had, a, we had a, a, an earlier property. Okay, so I know Ka- Kathy was... Mm-hmm. Re- raised in the wine business, so it's a big part of her life growing up. Yeah, sort of. I mean, she, her father had a small vineyard. But it was. It, but she it, had a passion yeah, for it. She had a passion for it, no okay. question. Yeah. So did you have a clue? Did you know anything about wine other than drinking it? No, you, no. No, not, not even drinking it so much. I, I mean, I, I, I uh, when we first uh, met, I thought that uh, you, you made rosé by putting... Uh, <laughs> Red wine Red and, and white, white, together. white together and shake it up a little bit. You know, we've got I, that yeah, in common. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, no, it's it's uh, totally uh, uh, 
new thing. And what was fun about the wine, or what is fun, it's you know the way I'm saying it, it's it's less fun for me than it was at different times because it's really doing well and it's stabilized and it's right. you know I enjoy um, you know stressful, complicated times. But the wine business is really a stressful business because you've got manufacturing, you've got farming, which is really fun. It really is fun. It's it's totally different. Uh, you've got retailing, you've got brand building, and those are very different things from certainly the real estate orientation. Right. Now, I, in my career, I've done, um, I would have been a lot better off in many ways if I stayed focused. And, and uh, you know, real estate's always been kind of a somewhat common theme, but when I was 28, I started a, a health maintenance organization. Right. Um, I've done uh, a lot of oil and gas at different times and done a lot of different things and I've enjoyed the yeah. variety. But when you go to the variety, the different uh, type investments like the wine business, mm -hmm. did you go find somebody that knew what they were doing or did you go try to figure it out yourself? No, I generally tried to figure it out myself. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, again, that would be uh, a, an easier logical <laughs> way to do it. Yeah, I, it, it, I, I, I've never been into the, now that I'm, the older you get, the more you realize, you know, I really should ask somebody how to do this. Right. But but you know it it um, you know it's good to not know what you shouldn't be able to do. Mm -hmm. You might try and do something that uh, others would tell you. You know, the older we get, and the more we learn, the more we learn uh, to right. confine ourselves. Right. And and it's great to have an expansive view of things. And and when you're younger. And you don't uh, know enough to not try things. You go try things, and boy, some of them work. Right. You know, I just wish I had. You know, I don't have a um, mathematical, technology, scientific mind. I wish I'd been born in Silicon Valley with a little bit of science knowledge. I could have. I could have been something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done fine. Uh, so no, no are you a reader? Do you read? I, see, I'm I, dyslexic, so I don't read a lot. I mean, yeah, reading's well, difficult for I'm, me. I'm dyslexic, and you I are. Yes, I am. And I don't read a lot, and I I try, um, but I yeah I, I really would like to. Uh, I, it's easier for me to write a book. I've written seven books than it is to read a book. And uh, uh, so like, but though when you're saying okay, I'm going to go get in the wine business, did you go read about it, or you no, just just did it? Just did it. Yeah. Okay. So I know talk to a lot of people. I mean, I can remember, uh, and one of the nice things about uh, Napa Valley, uh, at least, and I, I don't know the wine business everywhere, but a lot of people were very giving uh, of their so time helped. and helped. Cool. And, and you know, uh, it was a, was, and I hope still is, and I hope we are to other people, a friendly business. Yeah. yeah. So I've met two people. Um, I have a home in Montecito, and there's a wine area there by Santa Barbara. Sure. And I've met two people who don't know them well that, that have done well, and they got into the wine business. And they've got these fabulous, and don't ask me the names because I'm not going to remember them, but I'll, I'll get it to you if you're interested. But, and I, my, my, like we're having dinner, and I said, Well, um, how long does it take you to make money? And <laughs> both of them have said, We haven't had that day yet. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's, I don't think it's an easy business. No, it's a very hard business. Um, we have had that day. We, we, we make money. Yeah. But, you know, we've been at it for 27, 28 years now. It's and been that long. Yeah, and um, uh, it's our versus ninety-two. So, how long did um, it take you to make money? Oh, twenty years or so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 
And I love that commitment. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. But it's a, you know, it's a really capital intensive business. Yeah. Now, there are different ways of doing the wine business, but part of the fun, and it is about being fun, is doing it, you know, from the, the farming all the way through the bottle and, and, yeah. and selling it. Yeah. And, and um, it's been great. It's got to be a lot of pride to it. You know, yeah. my wife's a big fan of your wine. And, we and, appreciate uh, it. it was, she cracked open a bottle last night. I said, well, I'm going to see him tomorrow. And, um, but I think I would have a lot of pride from starting from the ground to the bottle. It would yeah. be very cool. And then the name recognition that your wine now has, it's, uh, yeah. it's quite an accomplishment. It's yeah, fun. yeah, it is fun. It is fun. So um, Kathy goes to Austria, and I read in the book again about Mondavi. This seems like he... Everybody knows Mondavi, right, from the wine business. It seems like he's been a good friend or was a good friend. He was a great friend. And is he one that helped? Oh, yeah. Um, just to give you an, an idea, like early on, we're holding a every year Christmas party. And when we had five, six, seven employees, Bob and Margaret would come over to our Christmas party. Really? Yeah. And, you know, Bob Mondavi was a very gregarious yeah. guy. and uh, uh bob passed away uh before margaret his his wife but uh, both of them were just lifelong friends great people i, See, I, I many I, too many stories take a long time but, which is know. kind of cool to have met yeah. somebody that with that uh again accomplished a lot in that business right? yeah unbelievable yeah so we, we um but i think it's yeah. cool that you met him in austria well was that, that the yeah, first, first time you met time. him that was yeah. the first time yeah. i think that's kind of neat yeah yeah that's right so, okay, we've been through this pandemic. I'm going to get off the wine for a little bit. Has it changed your view on life or business at all? Or how has it affected you? Has it changed you at all? Uh, Do you have a different view on anything? I think if it hasn't changed someone, I'd wonder who they were. Because totally. I, I, I think it's um, going to take a number of years before we look back and really are able to put it in perspective Right now, what I would say is, in many ways, there are a lot of trends that were going on in business and maybe in personal lives as well that have been accelerated. Um, so you know, much. Uh, and I think in in um, I, I observe in myself, but I also think it's true of many people that there's maybe more of a sense of the present and the importance of time and a sense of mortality. Totally. Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's important to enjoy each day. Live the day. Live, Live the, the day. Moment. Yeah. I think, you know, I feel that way much more today than I did before the pandemic. You know, I, for me, I think it's balance, too. I, I want... Um, I've never been good at that word, Bill. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. You know, I, a hard I, word. I, love, I love work. I yeah, do. Like, yeah. Like on Sunday night, I'm giddy on Monday morning because I get to go back to work. Yeah. And I work at home and I, I work too much. But um, but I think what COVID taught me was one balance. I think my age on top of, because I think life's moving way too fast. Way it, too fast. Just way too fast. Totally agree. And, and, but then with the pandemic, it made me, there's so much more I want to do. But there's so much more I want to experience. And, you know, as I, I don't know for you, but I, I got, so balance is one, but 
and it's less about stuff and more about experiences and relationships. And it's not like I want a thousand of them. I just want real ones. Yeah, I agree. I, I, no, all of that resonates with me. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, and, and how it's affected. They'd say that more people are saving. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I don't know the accuracy of all these numbers, but roughly a trillion dollars of, um, transfer payments from government money was created to uh, individuals in the economy. And then about a trillion dollars that wasn't spent because the economy was shut down. So there's this kind of pent up $2 trillion. And, you know, we don't, we have some, of course, rising inflation now, but we don't have high velocity money yet. Right. A lot of savings going up. It's again, it's back to the comment I made earlier. I think it'll take a few years before this all unstable becomes clearer and maybe many years before it's really clear to, to look at all the ramifications, both uh, individually and business wise and economically in the big picture. It's, it's, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. You know, I kind of think at least looking at it today, we kind of came out of this thing quicker than I thought we were going to. Well, we're not out of it yet. I mean, you, you I, and I are sitting here and Delta's raging. And, and I totally you know, agree about yeah. that. The, 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 but the psychologically, variant. we're sort of out of here. People are, are at least um, have a more positive view than I would have thought. I thought this could have been, I mean, yeah. who knows how long it's going to last. Yeah, no, I, I, that, I, I think at the moment I agree with you. It's, but it's kind of a weird time because totally. we are sort of back to masking I'm kind of sick of masks. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a complicated time. It yeah. is. Yeah. Well, okay. So, what's your view on our country and Dallas? Are you bullish? Well, I'm very bullish on Dallas and I am too. and um, on our country. Um, uh, I'm for the first time in my life um, uh, worried about democracy. So um, and um, I heard an interesting um, talk this past uh, weekend at a meeting I was at with uh, John Meacham, the yeah. author and historian. And he basically said the last similar time to this was when uh, FDR was president. And that uh, he talked about a time when someone came in and said, you know, if, if, uh, if something that FDR was about to do doesn't work, uh, you know, the next president uh, is going to have, you know, much bigger problems or something like that. And yeah. FDR said, uh, you know, if this doesn't work, there won't be a next president. And it was a similar time in the sense of threats to our democracy. And of course, um, that was 100 years ago and we're still we're right. still going. So hopefully 100 years from now, uh, maybe if they come up with good uh, medical breakthroughs, you and I can be having this talk a hundred years from now. I, I'm in and, on that. Yeah, all right. And then, uh, but hopefully at least if not, uh, someone will be saying, uh, well, that was a, 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 a tough time, but democracy came through and showed that uh, the will of uh, the people and the goodness of the United States continued to shine through. I, you know, I, I love this country. I do too. And I think we have... Um, Living as I did uh, for a while in Europe, and I'm not saying anything bad about Europe, but it gave me perspective of how great the United States is. Yeah. You know, um, I hear people say, like, we're less screwed up than any other place. <laughs> well, but, but I think America is great. And I great. tend to 
I mean, I feel better feeling positive, right? Like, um, but you have to be careful to not be, um, right. Too, too don't, positive. Don't, and, don't be a realist. And, 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 I mean, you yeah, gotta be a realist. You gotta be a realist. I, I, I mean, I, there are, there are issues going on, um, that do rattle me. And, um, I just think we have to do our part, but you know, the other thing is, is I just wish today we could all, uh, just get along. And, and I know there's civility, right. It's okay to disagree, but we ought to right. just know. have a nice conversation right. about it. And absolutely. And it's gotten to where it, and, and you know, I know there's been a lot of discord in our country in past. I remember when Nixon and there was just a lot of discord in, in different times. But um, they all just, they all pale compared to now. It, I think you're right. Yeah, I they just do. think the divisiveness is just it, it's 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 bad. And I I have taken it onto myself to be more moderate and to be to try to be. Let's hope it welcoming. spreads. Let's hope it spreads. I, I think I, it I has mean, to. I mean, and I think well, it's I, important for all of us to do it. It is. It is. It's and the unfortunate thing is uh, the media that we seem oh. to gravitate to, and, I, and I'm, I'm um, guilty of this as well as anyone else, I, I like to listen to people who sort of agree with me, and that's terrible to say, although I, I really do work at um, watching some news uh, from channels that are, are not my normal comfort zone. Um, I do too, I go back. Yeah, but, but it's hard. Uh, most of, uh, you know, when, uh, when we were much younger, uh, I'm a little older than you, but um, you know Walter Cronkite was uh, the, the the honest news. It was uh, it was right. the you know delivering the news, and, and uh, we actually met Walter later in uh, life. And I remember Kathy and I were out with uh, Betsy and Walter and uh, for dinner one time, and we uh, early on in, in our know, knowing him, and um, we we said you know. We never knew his politics until we knew him personally, right? And which is and that he said that's be, the way it that he, that was important to him, right? Yeah, because right. I kind of think the news's job is just to unbiased it should be report the, it, it, but it's that's yeah. that those days the, those days are long gone, to, yeah. totally over. Yeah. Um, so, what's the most visible opportunity you see in business that nobody's taking advantage of? Huh. That's an interesting question. I mean, do you see something um, out there that you think is going? Why isn't somebody doing that? Actually. Um, maybe you don't want to tell me because I'm going to go do it. Or... No, 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 no. Um, you know, a lot. The first of all, I, I have to say there are lots of good ideas. That it's a matter of the execution. It's not just the totally. idea. Totally. So, so. Uh, uh, but you know, I think today um, more and more ideas are. Anytime somebody finds a vacuum, people are are uh, doing things, and it's an exciting time because of all the explosion of technology and. Um, you know, that, uh, it, you know, it, it'd be a great time to be, um, a young entrepreneur It'd be, it'd be, uh, exciting. Um, I don't see any huge immediate opportunities. I mean, there's lots of little things, you know, in, in our primary business of real estate, um, uh, it's still pretty entrepreneurial and there's a lot of different opportunities. On the other hand, Real estate and pretty much every industry, wine certainly, they're all consolidating. And I, I really, I understand it. I am frustrated mm -hmm. because some of it is um, unfortunate. It, it's hard for the 
that's small, medium guy to stay around, you know, and, and I think we're right now, we're, we're doing this just before uh, we hear about what new tax laws are going to change. Right. But one of the un, unforeseen consequences of lots of uh, policies that I've seen over the last few decades is that they force more consolidation. We'll see what the tax laws do, but I can right. see how that could yeah. be a byproduct. Yeah. You know, one of the things on my radar is, and the Barry guys have kind of tried to do this, but I think there's got to be a better way of reconfiguring or oh. retenanting office buildings in the way we're doing it. It's that. ridiculous what we do. It's insane. No and, question. And I will tell you, I, I um, the very thing is progressive, but there's no lease term, though, so, so I don't know that there's an exit, and maybe they don't care about that, or maybe they're trying to shift to where it's more multifamily, and I think there's a ways to go there. But I do think the way we build out our office space, ridiculous. we've got to design a building that where we can move pods or modulars yep, around. I agree. And I am going to, I, I, it's, I like, I lay awake at night thinking about how to do that because. Well, well you've done a lot of uh, uh, speculative spec yeah, suites, yeah. and we've done some, um, and, you know, it's a lot harder to finance. The the, the lending world doesn't really right. a, appreciate it. But I think that's going in the right direction. I do too. Uh, and and I think what Barry's doing is also uh, going in the right direction. I do too. I think they're, you know, smart very guys. Very progressive. Yeah. So okay, you talked about entrepreneurship. I know that's important to you. So you say you'd love to be a young entrepreneur, but but I think we both feel that being I, an entrepreneur today is not as easy as it was when when uh, when we started. started. Yeah, right? I agree. So bridging the opportunity gaps. I mean, tell me, give me your views on, on like the obstacles to being a young entrepreneur. Well, you know, uh, the funny thing is, um, so my my last book, and it was sort of getting some things that need to be said. So we, we, we as a country, so 10 years ago, we were by the, the World Bank rating of uh, ease of starting a new business, uh, uh, entrepreneurship rating. We were the ninth in the world out of 190. Today we're 55th. Every year for the last so uh, few slipping. decades, we've been slipping. Until this last, until the pandemic, we basically, if you had taken 2018, 19, we were starting about half as many businesses as a generation ago, as 25, 30 years earlier. Uh, yeah, so things have been certainly slipping. Interestingly, and I don't know that there's a lot of detail on this yet, but uh, in uh, 2020, continuing into 2021, um, we've had an explosion of new businesses. So it's picking up. Because do you think pandemic? Because of the pandemic, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it because a lot of things shuttered and, right. and other people took over the opportunity. Right. But, I, it, but part of what it says on the good side is that the desire is still there. There's still a lot of, oh, uh, of people that want to... Uh, go into business. And I, I think it's great that we have these unicorn, huge things, but we're really good at that. But what we also need and what my book okay. is about and what my heart believes we need as a country is this lots of smaller businesses. Totally agree. Uh, it, it, it creates a, a great citizenship. It, those people are empathetic about people they hire. They, they're not a big monolithic right. uh, international company that Right. can talk a good talk, but they don't walk the same walk that an right. individual entrepreneur does. Right. So I'm excited to see that there's some things going on. Uh, actually, later today, I have a meeting. There's a lot of 
public policy and some money that's going to be going toward it to try to get right now 85 percent of the goofy high number of the money you know, it's basically been Silicon Valley, New York, and Boston. See, that was the part yeah. that, that hit me when I read it. Oh, that. it's crazy. But it's crazy. But I think it's got a Shifting. shot. Well, I think right now there's things, yeah. it's being talked about. I'm, like I said, I have a meeting on yeah. it uh, this afternoon yet. Yeah. And um, uh, I think there's hope. Uh, I'm, and I'm very excited about uh, possibilities. In my own little way, um, I have always... Uh, tried to help people like that are trying sure. to get started. I've had some disasters. I've had some successes. I've had some like middle of the road. Right. Um, and it's really always about the person. It's, you know, probably the person's more important than the idea. Of course. In my opinion. Absolutely. But, uh, and I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at gauging. Because it, it, it well, it's that, it's, I was with you until that point. As I've gotten older, I don't know that I've gotten any better, <laughs> but go, go ahead. But I think I've gotten better at gauging people uh, that have the grit to keep going. Cause one, you know, one thing I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on a pillow and put it in my house or I'm going to put it on the wall. You never really fail if you keep on fighting. It's true. It's so honest. Yeah. Like, cause I, I don't, I, I know just from your history for me, I'm never done. Like, I mean, I've been counted out a few times and I just keep going. And I think when you quit is when it's over. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I think so. Uh, you know, you know, um, some people think that the Great Recession uh, was a major downturn or some people think the pandemic was a depressing time for those of us who um, were highly leveraged and in the real estate business in the mid 1980s, uh, especially if you happen to have a lot of assets in Texas. It was the epicenter of uh, all, all great depressions uh, of yeah. an amazing level. And living through that, which, you know, from my standpoint, I, I, I guess I was in financial trouble in 1985, but didn't realize it until 1986. And then I began to really realize it. But, but you know, I was in trouble until the early 1990s. I was in the survival business, and it was a pretty rough business. But... Uh, character building it was you know it, right. you do learn a lot <laughs> see, see for me it, when in in the rtc days i hadn't accumulated enough wealth to get into big trouble oh that's and a lucky sometimes, thing <laughs> sometimes it was better to be big because at least they had to deal with you but 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 i mean i had my my i took my wax but eight 2008 and 9 were were my black swan where and i and it was fine but but it, I learned many lessons. You do, learn, you do learn more that way. But, you know, 2008 and 9 were like, um, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I think I counted, I've been through six major downturns, right. recessions or something. And, but, but uh, uh, so 74, 76 was a tough time. But 86 to 92 or 3, I mean. That I, was long and hard. Yeah. And, you know, when you have. 72,000 apartments and, you know, all the problems. I just, uh, so I, I, last night I was uh, finishing dinner and a guy came over uh, with a attorney from Dallas that I know and introduced himself, said, hi, hi, get done with all that. And he said, you don't remember me, uh, but, you know, uh, in the 1980s, I worked for uh, Kenneth Leventhal Company, which was an accounting firm, and they did the workouts and all the stuff for Trammell Crow Company 
and they did our my company and they did they did uh, uh, some other notable big, big uh, uh, financially distressed uh, companies and so this guy was working on um, he spent uh, quite a bit of his life for a year or two on work, deal. working on my my <laughs> stuff and uh, so it, it was kind of reminiscing um, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, you well, look back and you can laugh. Builder, right? Oh, I mean, my it, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you don't know. Like, for me, eight and nine were like just, I just felt like I was, a, I, I, I felt, I was, I let myself down. I made some mistakes. I don't know if I you got know, we, we I got, do We do beat on ourselves. Uh, but oh, it's the truth. What was I thinking? Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I for, and, and I, it did change my business. I, right now, I'm. I'm lamenting um, some decisions I made from back then. You know, I, I look around at some companies that are much larger than us, and I think um, when I came out of my problems, I was so beat up mentally. You were playing it safer than you normally would think? No, not safer, Bill, but what I did, I, I, so I started my businesses, we talked about, with other people's money. And most people in real estate, in one form or another, have partners and you, you look like you know most people uh that we know um they own 10 20 30 percent of the deal and yeah. other people own the rest i came out of the uh debacle in the 80s and i said you know i'm just going to sell all these assets and i'm just going to deal with owning 100 percent of my deals because i don't want to be responsible emotionally for you're somebody else's money, money. so the only anyway so basically um it took me 20 25 years to sell out of all those i had yeah. i had 750 800 properties yeah. and i literally did and i haven't done i've come close i haven't done partnerships like that i've done partner i've done things where i raise money and i say here's your deal you get this much interest rate yeah. and you get your money back in the state and um, I did something that had, so I haven't done things in the same normal sense. It's all. Uh, do, you, that, that, do you wish you would have? I mean, because well, I, 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 uh, I, I do a little bit um, um, because. So I had uh, in nineteen um, in nineteen eighty five. Say I had call it four four and a half billion dollars of assets, um, but. I had partners that so had a billion decent. dollars. Right, right. Yeah. And, and by today's standards, I don't know, that would be eight or oh, 10 billion. Easy. Yeah. And so with growth, maybe it'd be 15 or 20 billion. Instead, all I, all I have, it's not terrible. Right. But instead, what I have right now is two and a half to three billion and, and growing. It's not but, but terrible. But it's yours. Yeah, but it's mine. So it's, an, it's, not, it's, it's not a bad trade, but it's a trade. Okay, but I have to tell you this. And you know, I mean, listen. I'm not in your league, but I'm just saying, I look at it and I'm thinking about doing what you're doing. I'm thinking about using my capital and just doing, because I think- There are some, there's some uh, certain benefits to it. Well, there's yeah. more risk, Yeah. but, but, yeah. You, but you know what? You, you, no matter what, you got to give everybody their money back, right? right you got to right, figure right. out a way to get anyway. Yeah. You know, because, because so, so you get more. So you might, I mean, if you invest your own, at least you, you can- be nimble. Yeah. So, so what and I, it's all yeah, yours. What I do, what I do now, do, I, you do I, less deals maybe. Yeah. Less I, risk. Yeah. 
what I do now is I'll borrow money from individuals, but I won't uh, um, be a partner. Be a partner yeah. in it. Which I think is a better deal for them and a better deal for me. Yeah, because they know what they know what they plan. got, and this is it's clear, and this is the deal for both sides. And um, the other way around, maybe I'd have more marbles, but but you know I don't know. At the end you of the day, more marbles than you can handle. It. I mean, no, you know, not that you can handle, but I mean, you got plenty. You know, no, you know but what? I mean, that's why you are where you are, because you're always looking. You want to you not that you want more, but you want to accomplish. No, I want to grow, and and I, I do mean, too. You know, I don't know why, because you're right. And, and in fact, it's it's sort of asymmetrical at a certain point, because all you can do is, if you grow a lot and you mess up, then it's embarrassing and a lot of headaches. If you grow a lot, uh, it it and you make more money, it doesn't matter, because uh, it's a the money's going to go to, you know, taxes, your kids. And, and charity, I, I prefer of those three charity. But, Me too. Yeah, I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's, that's a better yeah. move than kids. Yeah, just because you want them to have a reason to get up and go to work every day. Yeah, right? I but, think that ship already sailed. I think they've already got too much. <laughs> okay. My wife doesn't agree with all that, by the way. Neither for the record, <laughs> okay. You know what? The way I looked at it when I was in my twenties is totally different than the way I look at it today. And and but but uh, Keely doesn't agree with me either. But. Yeah. So when you're done, and I know you're going to work probably, I don't think you'll ever quit working, but when you're done with your career, what's important that you maybe you've accomplished? I mean, is there anything, not, not money-wise or, because I, I think to me, my view of you is you have a passion for Dallas. You have a passion for giving back to the city. You care about what happens. I think you care about our country because you, you quietly stay involved in that. I know when I was the head of Trek, you called me about the lending and the, it, it, I just really admire that you, you care and you care about things that are important. So like what's. Well, let, let me, I'll, I'll answer that and then I'll tell you what isn't important, but what's important is to having a little role in leaving the place a little better than totally. when I got there. And, um, uh, helping individuals one at a time is part of how you do that. Uh, what isn't important is leaving my name on this or that, or I don't really care. Right. Um, so it's all about doing the best you can to be a good person when you're here. Right. And, um, and you know, beyond that, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a, a belief that, I know what happens, so I'm not going to worry about it. Right. Well, and I, but I mean, I think um, having a heart to try to make this world better is a lot more important than making more money, right? For sure. Yeah. You know, my, money uh, is a um, nice byproduct, and um, I think um, uh, I think it's important that we, as a country, um, don't demonize success, and I think we're starting to do that. I yeah, think I, totally agree with that I think point. we're starting to think that somehow people who make a lot of money must Are be bad, bad. Yeah. and and I find I that, that I find that disheartening. And and uh, I think many many people who make uh, a lot of money do really responsible good things with their money. I agree. And you know, then there are some that don't, and we don't seem to. Uh, differentiate very well. <laughs> I totally agree. 
Yeah. You know, I think, um, I don't know, it kind of was a shift a couple of years ago, but you know, I think I'm, I'm not a big fan of ego either. Like I always try to avoid big egos because I mean, you had a big part in your success, but you, you seem to be very grateful for the life you've got. Right. I know totally. in my life, so I'm so grateful. And yeah. I, I wake every, up every morning. I feel like I've kind of stole something, you know, right. I think I've gotten a, I've yeah. got a great life. Right. And now it's about, I do want to make it better if I can. I want to sure. do something other than just worry about me. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, from now on, it's that and my health and my family and experiences. And I, I want you to know, I really appreciate you taking this time. I think um, people are going to really want to hear this. And um, I think you've been such a blessing to Dallas. Oh, and um, I've always admired uh, what you've accomplished. And I told you a couple months ago, I'm going to try to get to know you better. I know you've got plenty of friends, no, but, no, but I, I really it. do think you're special and well, I appreciate you. your time. Thank you so much. Enjoyed yeah. it. Thanks. That's all for today's show. I'd like to thank Bill Cauley and Craig Hall for sharing their time and incredible conversation with us. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, the Dallas Business Journal, for its support of TrackCast and our Legends of Commercial Real Estate series. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, check out the first seasons of our Legends of Commercial Real Estate series, and follow us on social media for the latest from around the organization. You'll find links to everything in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.